Well, well, welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Marin, and in 2022, it's all about you instead of me, because it's not about me. Barry's here to help us ring in the new year with a fresh new attitude, the attitude of Christ. But before we spill our splotchna, now that we've <laughs> emptied ourselves of ourselves and descended to the path of leadership and influence in a feverish race to the bottom, oh. please give a warm welcome to our favorite apocalyptic prophet of selflessness and non-doormat, Barry. Wow. Good Thank day. Hello. Good day. Good day. Hi. And guess who else is, is with us? Who's with us, Barry? It's Marcus Castile. Hello, everybody. Pastor, <laughs> pastor of engagement. Welcome, Marcus. That Fancy was an amazing intro. She did an amazing here. job. It was. It I love was, writing the intros. I mean, I, I never get to because Tyler always like steals all the joy. But <laughs> <laughs> any chance I have to say splotchna, count me in. I mean, skin rashes happen. I've got Feverish the uh, race to the bottom. <laughs> I've got control of the soundboard. Uh, <laughs> So real quick, I'm going to introduce Marcus for those of you who don't know him. But before we do that, we'll explain why you're not hearing Tyler's voice. We've said this for the last couple podcast episodes, but Tyler is on sabbatical right now. He's going to be gone for all of January, March, and Nope. Yay. February. I feel like oh, that's, that's oh. where he would have dropped that. I'm an emotional person. Nope. No, that's not it. That's not it. <laughs> nope. And how long do I have to wear this mask? Yeah, hold on. We got- Yay. There it is. Yay. <laughs> Uh, we at Grace, um, after being in ministry for seven years, one of the, the blessings, especially, uh, it has traditionally been for pastors, but we've begun kind of talking about other, uh, staff as well is that we get to go on sabbaticals, which is not vacation. It's, it's a very intentional time of recharging and rest and renewal, uh, because the burden of ministry can be kind of heavy. And so Tyler is off doing that right now. And so we're going to continue doing the podcast, but it is without his uh, glorious leadership, it is going to be us just kind of figuring things out as we go along, but (laughs) literally figuring out where the right sound bites are (laughs) as we go along. How dare you? I knew knew what I was, (laughs) I knew what I was doing. We're good. We're good. Uh, so Marcus, welcome. This is not your first time on the podcast, but it's been a while. When was the last time? Um, it's been over a year, year and a half, maybe. Sure. So, oh, I bet we had you in like during the pandemic yep. or uh, virtual. I don't remember how we did it, but yeah, to, to talk about what the care center was doing mm-hmm. during the pandemic. So it's been a while. Yeah. So our, our hope friends of the pod is that in Tyler's absence, we can kind of rotate through some different, different folks, v- different voices from around grace. Uh, we'll start out with some of the different pastors and then maybe, I don't know. Could be you. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Yes. Never know. You never know. Or we'll see if we can get some volunteers. I, I, we haven't really figured it all out. We'll, we'll figure it out. As we said, we're figuring it out as, as we, we go. go. As we go. So uh, guys, what's new? How you been? How was Christmas? How was New Year's Day? Well, new- Christmas was fantastic. I, Christmas Eve, I'm still like in like a, a warm, gentle fog of yeah. how wonderful Christmas Eve was from my standpoint, from my vantage point. It was First of all, awesome to have Christmas Eve services again, because yeah. we didn't yeah. have that last year. That was nice. Um, and there were just so many sweet elements. Um, Tim and Jennifer's song was mm. one of the highlights of, of mm-hmm. that whole service for me. I loved hearing them sing together. And it was just a really sweet time. So Christmas Eve, I'm happy. Um, I don't think I ate Christmas Eve. We, we were here pretty late <laughs> yeah. cleaning up. And uh, we had every intention of like grabbing food on the way home, but everything was closed by the time we left this building. Um, so I spent the the following day 
in my jammies all day. I think for the next, I want to say three days. <laughs> nice. I don't think I changed my clothes for three days. It was yeah. the greatest thing ever. And all I did was cook, cook and cook and cook. Nice. And yeah. you enjoy that. I love it. Yeah. I cook and I, I, I got to reheat something really special. <laughs> <laughs> reheat? It wasn't cooked. Yeah, I got to cook something, I guess, really special. Yeah. Marcus made me a lasagna from scratch. Whoa. This Marcus, this guy yeah. right here. He scratch rolls, lasagna. He rolls out his own noodles. Yep. What? Homemade sauce, homemade noodles. It way was to go. amazing. Do you grow your own wheat? Nope. That part <laughs> All right. Draw well, a line somewhere. All right. You got to stop somewhere. <laughs> but you roll your noodles thicker I than I do. Yeah. I Ooh. liked that. Yep. I try to make mine like thin as angel wings, but yours had like substance. When you make as much lasagna as I made that day, <laughs> you had to get thicker noodles. Noodles I liked are it. Yeah. What what's thin as angel's wings? I've never I don't think I've heard that one before. What's <laughs> thick as what? They were just more al dente. I think they were more like to the tooth. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Cool. Uh, it, which made it heartier and less mushy. Like mm. it was mm-hmm. it like you know how when you cut into a lasagna, it's either in like a perfect square or it's like a blob. Yeah. His was not a blob. Nice. Maintained its shape. And well, I believe it weighed about 20 to 25 oh pounds. Oh my goodness. <laughs> just yeah. in a dish. It was yeah. so heavy that, so you had left it right here at Grace Church. We're mm-hmm. actually just outside the, the green room right now. And you had left it in the refrigerator. So I got to take it home after Christmas Eve service. When you were tired. When I was tired. But I was <laughs> were you back you winded here. by the time you got to the car? I was back here with uh, Shelby, who's on our production team. And she was doing, um, what do you call them? Deadlifts with my lasagna. And then she was doing squats <laughs> with the lasagna overhead. <laughs> Good thing she didn't drop that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would have been a real sad. It, it was impressively heavy. Nice. Wow. <laughs> nice. Well, that's so awesome. That's good. Yeah. yeah. I he, did. I did get to hang out with Tyler once. I don't think he was officially on sabbatical. He wasn't because his mm-hmm. sabbatical started January 1, yes. right? Yeah. yeah sure. We hung out New Year's Eve hey. at a Bulls Pacers game. Nice. Which, so that was pretty big rivalry awesome. between. <clears throat> It, my husband, I keep telling everybody, he looked like a 10 year old boy. He was <laughs> so happy and delighted. He'd never been that close to the court before. Yeah, like wow. that was amazing. He was, on him. he was taking pictures <laughs> and he was sending pictures to nice. friends. And then it was like a, I don't know if you watched the game, but it was a buzzer beater at the very, mm. very, very end. Like I think the bulls were down by two. The, the clock was like five, four, three, two, one. And somebody lobs the ball into the air. DeRozan, I think that's his name. Are you, are you following basketball? Nope. He NFL lobs only. the ball into the air and it goes in like right at the buzzer Amazing. and the wow. bulls, the place, the bulls the place go wild. Jed went wild. I'll yeah, tell you what. Say. And actually there were, dare I say almost as many red jerseys there as there were blue and yellow. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. It was really, really fun. That That's was awesome. That was awesome. like the highlight of my Christmas break. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Marcus, what about you guys? Did you guys have a good time? We did. We had. Christmas day was so nice to get back to some, to the traditions and Mm -hmm. compared to last year. So a lot of hanging out, we do something, um, every year where we do a lazy day and lazy day. Yeah. Outside of brushing your teeth, you can keep your pajamas on all day and we watch movies and we went through four of them. Whoa. And one day I was glad we do lazy day only one day. It's nice, (laughs) but it's a one day thing for a reason. Not lazy days. Come on, man. I have three. That sounds delightful. How about uh, you? Oh, we had a great time. Yeah. It was actually one of those. I, I talked to a lot of people who were like, I don't know, it could have gone better. Like, oh, we had issues. People were having COVID stuff. Sure. Or there, you know, there were travel problems. I had nothing like that. It was, <laughs> everything went great. We had a blast. <laughs> Full stop. That's the whole, can, that was our Can Christmas. there be lazy days on a farm? Well, 
Only to, in the wintertime. Sort of. I mean, you still have to feed the pigs. You still have yeah. to shovel poop and bring clean water. And you got to let the chickens out and try not to have Chester attack your knee. He drew blood the other day, Chester. by the way. Chester, wow. man. He's a little punk. From I, you? Blood from me, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he, he attacked me. Usually, it doesn't matter. It's a whole other story. So that's part of it. You got to feed the rabbits. Uh, but no, other than that, it's lazy day. And and usually, we'll we'll be intentional to give the pigs and the animals something fun. And I give the chickens extra scratch and it's, it's a little bit of Christmas for everybody. So, <laughs> so other than the three hours of chores, it's lazy. It's day. a lazy day. <laughs> it's not three hours. It's like 30 <laughs> minutes. So, but it's fine. Nice. Um, no. So we had a great time and I got to mm. spend time with my family, with her family. Uh, yeah. We had a, had a grand old time. Cleo was so exhausted. That's our puppy. She, well, she's a year and a half. She's almost not a puppy anymore, but she, slept the entire, her lazy day was the, the day after the two Christmases. Cause she was so overstimulated. It was, it was adorable. So <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's all. That's all I got. It was, it's, we're going into a new year. Liv and I are actually taking our, it's a weird timing, but it worked out for us schedule wise, but we are going tomorrow. Actually, by the time you hear this, we'll already be gone. We are going on a, on a trip. We're actually going to Hawaii cause we got wow. really cheap plane tickets. It sounds weird, but it's true. And so we're, we're doing this. We've been saving for years for a big international trip and our fifth anniversary is coming along and international trips are looking less and less, <laughs> I don't know, interesting right now. Yeah. And our dream was New Zealand and we're never getting oh, yeah. into New Zealand. Uh, so we thought, well, we thought, well, we've never gone to Hawaii and we've got this money that we've been saving. So let's make this our fifth anniversary trip. One to remember. So we're leaving and we'll be back. That's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. So that I'm excited about that. How it's long hard, are you gone for? Like, like a week. Okay. Yeah week plus a day or two of travel. So, uh, it's going to be great. We're going to do some hiking. We're going to do some exploring. I, I found that there is a, a permaculture food forest, like really close to where we're staying. So I'm going to go check that out. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. We are doing the most Barry and Olivia thing I've, I've ever heard of for vacation, but the, the humane society in Lihue or however you pronounce the name of the, the city, they have a, uh, foster for a day thing where you can actually take a, a foster puppy or a foster dog out for the day and take them on adventures, get them used to being with people and then bring, wow. bring them back. And so we're going to do that and nice. take a little foster dog on, on some hikes or something like that. You so. know, you're going to bring that dog home. I told Liv, I was like, I was like, you realize how expensive it is to adopt dogs from Hawaii, <laughs> right? So we'll see. We'll see. But, um, well, and you're getting out of here in time. The snow's coming on Thursday. I know it's and so perfect un- timing. Unfortunately, the weather there is going to be kind of perfect the entire time. Oh except my goodness. For might rain once or twice, but otherwise <laughs> it's like perfect weather. So nice. I'm sorry. That's too bad. I'm it's sorry really, to hear that. It's really, really rough. Yeah. It's really rough. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, that's all. Let's, why don't we, uh, I'll turn it over to you, Marin. You've got we're turning the corner already. I guess so. Yeah. Well, let me. We didn't. We didn't really do a lot of recapping Christmas Eve, and we forgot to talk about the Christmas. And we definitely forgot to talk. The main thing we we need to. We'll get there. We're still in 2021 for at least the next like five minutes. We need. We need to talk about some 2021 things. We brought Marcus on specifically to talk to us about the Christmas store. Tell us how it went. It was amazing. Um, I think we had a little over 800 families come visit us. Wow. And oh, wait, let's talk about what the Christmas store is. Yeah, the Christmas store, um, it's set up just like a like a little department store. So we have different sections. We display all the toys and the items that are available. And, and these have been donated. Donated. And some of them, we had money donated. So then we purchased items. Mm-hmm. Um, so then families get to go through and they get to pick exactly what works for their family. Mm-hmm. And so this year, the new thing was we had a 12 and under Christmas store. And then we had a teenager Christmas store. 
So that's what we realized last year that we didn't really have a lot of gifts for the 15 and 16 year olds. And so this year having its own section was really nice. And, really helped. and we had, you said 800 something families come yeah, through? Yeah, over 800. Yeah. That's incredible. Now, <clears throat> I, you, I don't know what you're picturing friend of the pod, but I got to, I got to wander around a couple of days while it was going on. It is legitimately amazing. The the level, like the types of toys and things mm-hmm. that were there, a lot of the stuff's brand new. Like there was a, there was like a three <clears throat> foot tall statue of master chief from halo. I was like, if yeah. I was a kid, I would <laughs> love that. Yeah. So really cool stuff. I was, it was really impressive. Amazing. And yeah. how many volunteers did we have? Oh goodness. I'm not sure. I probably maybe 75 to hundred volunteers over the three days. Wow. So yeah, what's really neat is it's about the experience. And so there's just as much time that goes into the layout of the toys as it does all the decorations. Yeah. And we really want the friends when they come in to really not just experience central auditorium with a couple mm-hmm. tables with toys on it, but to really have a neat experience that says we did all this work for you. So yeah. it was really neat to see everything laid out. That I way. had, I had one of the friends asked if I could take her photo next to the entrance. Cause it was just yeah. so beautiful. <laughs> she wanted yep. to like show her family or her friends or what, like where she was. It there was, was so a cool. beautiful archway yeah. and like snowscape. Snow on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was beautiful. It was awesome. We had little kids that were coming through from North point that was asking who was getting married. Archway. <laughs> the archway. The archway. Yep. Santa and Mrs. Santa. Yes. So how do the friends find out about the gifts that are being offered? How do they find out about the Christmas store? Well, we, those who have been using the care center, we reach out to them first and give them an opportunity to sign up for the spots. And then um, after we've kind of depleted that, we would then open up to the public. And so we're partnered with WRTV6. And so they kind of give us some press from that standpoint, people around the city who are in need. Um, so really on Tuesday, we had over 50 families who have never been to Grace before or the care mm-hmm. center and they got to come through and pick some toys. So wow, it was really neat, neat experience. It was That's cool. Awesome. I was, <laughs> I couldn't help myself. I was thanking people for coming. I was like, thank you so much for being here today. And yeah. they were looking at me like, well, thank you. <laughs> I'm supposed to be one saying thank you. Yes. But I was like, it was genuinely <laughs> a privilege to see all yeah. these families coming through and to be able to serve them. And I mean, I know Christmas is, it's the time of the year, everybody's got the warm, fuzzy feelings, but genuinely being, knowing that we are able in this like really economically distressed time to be able to help provide yeah. a, a legit Christmas for people where, where it's not a feeling of stress or anxiety, but we can actually give them that, that, mm-hmm. that, well, not give them dignity, but, but just call it yeah. out of them. Like this is yep. what you deserve. And it's awesome. And what's really nice is that, and not, there's other programs out there, but the way our program's set up it gives choice all the way through. So the yeah. mom and moms and dads get to choose exactly the presents, just like you and I do when we go to Walmart, Target, Kohl's, whatever. They get to have that choice. And there's excitement in that mm-hmm. as well. Sure. Um, just because they don't pay for it at the end, there's excitement in that. And then they get to take those toys home and they get to wrap them like you mm-hmm. and I do for our kids. And then they get that joy on Christmas morning of watching their kids open it up. And so there's like multiple levels of experience and joy that goes with this. So it's way more than just buying a Barbie doll or a baby yeah. doll or a, a um, Ram Gold. Those were nice this year. We had Ram Gold donated 250 of their um, indoor basketball hoops. Oh, yeah. With breakaway hoops, plexiglass on the back, wow. and even a real basketball. So not a Nerf. Yeah. Real basketball. <laughs> I was so- really like, gosh, I wish I had this when I was younger. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. the Nerf plastic thing didn't last much, much <laughs> yeah, on the right, back of my drawer. Right. We all had one of those. Yes. Yeah. I had one that was a hamper for my clothes <laughs> and like it tied at the bottom. <laughs> nice. So that's was a great way to get shooting shoot- dirty clothes. That's right. <laughs> if you miss, go do a <laughs> slam dunk. Uh, and it was cool. This is the first year that we've done this. Well, how many years have we done this? Um, this is our seventh year doing seventh it. Seventh year doing it. I was going to say it's the first year we've done it where we've also had the thrift store. 
Second year for the thrift store. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but, well, but never you're mind, right. This but... was really good though. That <laughs> we gave everybody a $25 gift card yes, to, the thrift get to, go to the thrift store and experience I didn't know that. that part. Yeah. Yeah. So, so every, they get to go down and buy clothes. Almost everybody went down there and, ah, and they could buy whatever. Yeah. And so I could, I saw some folks, I think yes. probably looking parents thinking, oh, I could actually use this. This is my Christmas gift yes. to myself. And so exactly. And it's like, if you've never been to the thrift store, I mean, you should, you should check it out. It's really nice stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's like very, very fancy clothes and like these, all home these goods, home and goods and pots and, and, pans, and pans that and, are yeah. brand new and amazing. So it was really, I was just, yep. I was walking around like on cloud nine, seeing everybody just so full of joy and big wide eyes of astonishment. Like, Oh, this is for me. Like I get, yeah, that is pretty awesome. Yeah. You brought up an important point. Some people were buying Christmas presents for themselves. Have you done that? Oh, <laughs> I did this year. I did this year too. I knew I was probably not getting a whole lot because I didn't tell my family I wanted anything. I could not think of anything I wanted. And there was this like this, this hat. It was just like a winter hat, but it was a really nice winter hat. And I told myself, you know what? No one's going to get this hat for me. That's right. I'm going to get this hat for me. This nice. is my gift. I bought my dad a Ohio State um, print that an artist did. And I happened to look and they had a Dallas Cowboys one. Oh, and so I bought go. myself one <laughs> there and I you brought go. it in today framed up and like, look, at it, I got myself a gift. <laughs> friends, of the, <laughs> friends of the pod, Marcus happens to be somewhat of a Dallas Cowboys fan. Just a little. Just a Small. little, yes. a little tiny amount. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Barry? Do you ever buy yourself Christmas gifts? I don't No. Well, okay. This year I mentioned last time that I got that, I got a new tool. I got a planer. I mean, yeah. it was one that we'd been saving up for this big sort of garage upgrade. And then I saw that it came with a free stand if I bought it in December. So I, I did buy it. And then I was like, well, I guess this is like a little Christmas, early Christmas to me. So <laughs> nice. I guess that counts. But okay, the, the other greatest moment of my Christmas, I'm remembering this all as we work this out in real time. We finished opening our gifts this year as a family. Everyone got their stuff. And then Jed said, okay, one more gift. I bought a gift for the house. Oh, wow. He bought a, a Christmas puppy. gift no, for the house. Last year, it was a dancing Santa Claus. We were oh. less than impressed. <laughs> this year, he got like a, it's not a Roomba. It's like an off-brand Roomba. Oh, yeah, sure. But we are in love with that thing. Oh, yeah? Do you, have you named it? The Help. That's, <laughs> that's what we have named it. But it just, it vacuums oh, while we sleep, while we right. watch it's TV. Nice. It, no, we... No one has to vacuum anymore. I know. It's, it's amazing. amazing. It is nice. Yeah. Best anyway. purchase we did two years ago. I love it. <laughs> We're very late yes. to this game, but we love it. Hey, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. That was, that was it. That was 2021. We get, 2021 is over. 2021 is over. And now we're doing 2020 again. Any other things again. about 2021, Christmas Eve, anything? I got nothing. I mean, <laughs> other than, I mean, probably the highlight of Christmas Eve 2021 was Daniela. Oh, for yes. sure. I'd Can you talk about that? The sensory service <laughs> yeah. yes. was yes. something we've never done before. True. That was a sensory first for friendly. us. Yeah. That, I'll I remember wept, that for the rest I of my life. I wept through the entire service because seeing families, seeing kids with disabilities, seeing people who, yeah. who were there because we made room for them. And yeah. I, seeing the way that they participated. Yes. When, you know, you did that bit in, in every one of your messages where you asked kids for mm -hmm. their feedback and mm -hmm. the things that some of the kids shared openly were at times hilarious. We yes, Superman yes. joined us for Christmas exactly. Eve this year in one of the services. Uh, I think your question was what makes you special? Yeah. And one of the kids said, I am Superman. <laughs> and you were like, Oh, you like Superman? And he's like, no, I, no, am. I am. 
Superman. <laughs> and you're so that. quick on your toes. You're like, you guys, he's here. Yeah. <laughs> that was a, that was a great moment. But then another kid, I think, um, my husband was being a, a helper, a one-on-one helper with this young man who, who said he was special because his first mom couldn't take care of him. And so he had to, uh, go to his second mom who loves him. And then he threw his arm around yeah. her neck and he gave his, mm-hmm. his adopted mom a huge hug. And at, yeah. oh my goodness, yeah. I, I could fall apart just thinking about it. There mm. were so many really, really sweet moments, um, in the sensory service in particular. Um, <laughs> the young man who, who was exhorting us to give ourselves a, a round of applause at the end of every <laughs> oh, song, <yeah. laughs> just to hear the freedom to be themselves in yes. the space. Yes. Um, it just, it added to our worship and it, it just took the whole thing to another level. So yeah. I, I want to do that every year. That was amazing. It was amazing. That amazing. was amazing. And, and then Daniela. 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 So how did, how did that happen? <laughs> Tell us how that happened. So we have, we have a friend, uh, I think she comes to the 11 o'clock service, but I, I see her worship. She worships, she jumps, she, she waves her hands. She loves musical worship. And so she came up to me a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, even in service and English is her second language. Mm-hmm. But she said to me in her second language, I need to sing. And the passion in her eyes just arrested me in that mm. moment. And I thought, of course you do. I, mm-hmm. I recognize that passion. I also need to sing. Okay. How can we make this happen? So I worked with her mom to get her to some choir rehearsals. And then I thought, she's going to sing silent night with us. Mm. And so she did. And it was sweet. The first two services, I think the run through and Thursday night service, she held a real candle, Yeah. but I noticed like her hand was shaking and I thought, "Uh Oh, maybe Mm. she's not as comfortable with holding this candle as I assumed she was. So her mom came to me the following day and said, Oh no, she's terrified of fire. Fire. Oh no, (laughs) We had her holding the candle and she did a great job, Mm, but we were able to get her one of the battery operated candles from the sensory service. And then she just, she had so much confidence, so much confidence (laughs) (laughs) an overwhelming amount of confidence that at our final service, seven o'clock, she had a mark by the piano. We all did. And mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, this is a peek behind mm-hmm. the curtain, but our production team puts tape with our name on it. We know exactly where to stand yeah. around the piano. And she did for every service. She stood right where she was supposed to stand and she sang and she had a microphone and it was great. Seven o'clock. <laughs> we're in the middle of silent night. We get to the verse that's in Spanish, uh, Noche de Paz. And she on her very own, on her own, unscripted, Marcus, she walked the catwalk (laughs) center stage and her mother had bought her these beautiful pants that were just sequins. Yeah. And her mom had matching ones too. Yes. They had matching mother daughter Christmas outfits. And she stood in the center of that stage, like a (laughs) disco ball, just singing silent night with all her heart. And I was just sobbing. (laughs) It was a mess, but like. To make room to the yeah. degree yes. that she was yeah. like, so confident to do this that. is my moment. I'm taking for, my yeah, moment. Yeah, she took it. And and I had I was going to close the service from that same spot. So I got up there and I was like, Danielle, do you want to blow out the candle? She's like, yeah. And she blew it out. And then I, I said a couple of things and I was like, all right, Danielle, you want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas? And she just ended the service by Merry Christmas, you guys. Merry Christmas, yep. you guys. I went home and watched that like five more times. <laughs> it was so sweet. Oh that, my goodness. That was I'll the never service we were that. at. Our family's in the front row. I thought you nope. actually told her it's the last one. Nope. Go and for that's it. why I wanted to share that story. Cause yeah. no, she did that all that's on her amazing. own and it just made it even more precious. Yeah. Oh my yes. goodness. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. Great. Yeah. And, and encouraging in a way that like, 
God is building his church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did not think, you know what? I should go ask Daniela if she would really like to sing for yeah. Christmas. The fact that she had the heart to get exactly. herself in the game yep. and she for came me and to coach. me saying, yes, I need to sing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then of course you do. And we're going to find a way. And oh, it just, there were so many moments like that. I was telling them this morning, there was another Another moment in the choir where one of our senior choir members and one of our student choir members were just having a blast singing next to each other. And we talk so much about being an intergenerational church, Mm -hmm. but I feel like we really got to see that this year in our Christmas Eve services. I was very encouraged because we, you know, we talk about the value of making room Mm -hmm. as as a value of ours, but that often is the kind of thing that everybody says, oh, sure, diversity is important. Oh, sure, this is important. But like- to see it bearing fruit in so many different ways. So soon it feels, I'm like, wow, God really is blessing this. Yeah. And, and we get to see the fruit of it and experience it. And it's just, it's really amazing. I, I had a lot of moments of weeping this Christmas Eve. So yeah. yeah. Well, and to know that that wasn't planned means so much more even now yeah. sitting <laughs> yeah. there yeah. because you really, we accomplished it. Not that we tried to not accomplish it, but you created that space in such a way that she took it that spot and said, this is mine. And that is great. <laughs> and I how mean, did she know to wait until seven until o'clock? She I just, know. She just she knew. knew. This she is my knew. last chance. I'm going for it. Oh, man. Yeah. And great. it really is all honor and glory to God because it. Believe God. We're able to be the, the generationally diverse church that we are because it's who we are. Yes. It's who yeah. he has made us. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So that, my friends, was the end of 2021. There we go. That was the end. Chapter closed. Chapter kind of closed because then we had an online service, which was also awesome. But that was great. I digress. (laughs) I digress. (laughs) Barry, you gave the message this weekend. uh, First message Mm. of the new year and also kind of a unique service for us because we didn't meet at 915. We didn't meet at 11. We met in the middle at 10 o'clock and had one unified service. So what was your one unified message? Give us a give us your big idea. We love ourselves a lot. <laughs> there it is. That's it. That's great. Uh, yeah, we're starting this new series. And by the way, we did this the one service just because it, A, we wanted it to be just something that was the staff kind of mostly owning. So staff and staff spouses kind of owned the service. We give our volunteers mostly a break. A couple of volunteers insisted they really, really wanted to be a part. And so <laughs> we let them away. Can't keep them away. Nope. But um, that was the, part of the idea. And the other idea was just traditionally that that service on the day right after New Year's, it, it is rarely a well-attended service. A lot of folks are either traveling or not mm-hmm. feeling well or whatever. And so we decided let's... Let's do this one service. And it was just right. I feel like it was, it was just right to do it that way, but we're going back to normal times starting this week and forever. Um, so the service was, or the, the sermon was the beginning of a new series called it's not about me. Uh, we talk about values, the grace values, one of them being make room. Uh, another one being, it's not about me. And we thought, you know what, let's, or I thought it would be interesting to, to look at 2022 and think what it, what do we want to be as a community this year? Like what, how can we grow? Where can we move? And, and what would it look like if we had a theme, a shared theme for the year that would kind of guide us and drive us? And uh, if you know anything about me, you know that I am pretty convinced that in this very me focused selfish time and this very me focused selfish culture that we tend to be in uh, the, the passages of scripture that call us to a form of selflessness from Christ are, are very important to me. I feel like they are the 
the the the thing that God is attempting to get through our our thick heads uh, it, it is this idea that that the self giving love of Jesus is the way that we are to love one another and our world. And if we do that, there's a lot of fruit potentially ahead for us. And so all that to say, I wanted to start the year off right by looking at probably the the quintessential uh, self-giving love passage that I quote from all the time, but rarely completely preach from Philippians 2. Uh, and so that's what we did. We looked at Philippians 2 and asked the big question, what does it look like to have the same attitude as Christ? Uh, the the same mentality as him. And specifically when it comes to the fact that he was, is the, the, the King, the ruler of, of the kingdom of God. He is the, the one who has ascended to the, to the right hand of the father and all knees will bow and all of that. But his ascension happened through his humility and his humiliation, even his obedience to death, uh, that was the the path he took to that ascension. And so essentially I said, look, in the, in the kingdom of God, we ascend by descending. And if we are going to live like him and love like him and think like him, then we need to learn how to do that ourselves. That was basically it. That was the message. We can get into the specifics, but. Um, we'll get into the specifics. I do have one question for you personally, because I feel like the first time I remember hearing you preach this message from Philippians, this concept um, was around Christmas time. Do you remember doing that for like a, a Christmas series? And I think at the I time you, you, I believe you, but I don't, I at don't the time that. you even said something to the effect of like, I know this is a little unconventional to, to be preaching from Philippians at, at Christmas or something like that. Sure. But I wonder, is it, you, you preach about self-giving love and selflessness all year round, but is there something that makes it, are you more acutely aware of it during the holidays, during this time of, of the year? I think the idea of the incarnation, I, I think we're, Maybe the answer is yes, because when we talk about the the crucifixion and we talk about the resurrection, like those, they they fill up so many different mental categories for us. There's salvation, there's theology, there's all this stuff. But something about the incarnation to me speaks of the, I mean, it's Philippians too. It, though he was God, yeah. right. he emptied himself. <clears throat> he he did not think of his equality with God as something to cling to. It it you You see that at Christmas. You see that with the birth of Jesus. The fact that the creator of life, would become one of us in any way is such a, a deeply humbling, deeply self-giving act that, yeah, I, I think that's probably why it comes up for me. Cause it really is Philippians two, six through 11, or at least six through eight. That is like the Christmas story in a nutshell. Yeah, It really is. And so was born as a human being appeared in human form. And so, yeah. Mm. So I think that's probably why it comes up for yeah. me at this time of year. Um, but again, I, I quote from Philippians 2 all the time. And even all our whole December series, talking about peace on earth, talking, I, self-giving love came up a bunch. And so it, it does seem to revolve around this, uh, yeah. this time of year. So you started off by asking the question, who in your life is the most selfless person you know? Yeah, who'd you guys come up with? Well, I'll, for me, two people came to mind. I talked about him on this program a couple of times. He is my uh, self-ordained godfather, Wardell Campbell, uh -huh. is one of the most uh, selfless people I know because he's constantly thinking about others and not just thinking about others. He will, he will call and check in on you mm. and not just me. He is godfather, self-appointed self, self -appointed godfather to 
I don't know, dozens, dozens mm. of people, uh, a few of which I personally know, but he's one of those people I bet when, when Jesus calls him home mm-hmm. and we are all standing around memorializing him, his, you know, extended family of God children, it's, it's going to be in the hundreds, just the yeah. lives that he has touched, including mine and the way that, um, he, he continues to check in on me and hold me accountable even mm. to this day. He, uh, he sent us, for Christmas, he sent me a, a text of him playing um, an original arrangement of a couple of different uh, Christmas carols that he strung together. And it was just him on a old beat up sounding piano. And it was the most beautiful thing in the world. So we put the we put my phone in the middle of the Christmas breakfast table and Wardell played our, our Christmas breakfast music. But wow. he is just fantastic. And then I thought of um, my grandma Noni. So my father adopted me. His mom, we call her Noni. Um, she was another person like that, where she, if she knew you, you somehow became her immediate family. Yeah. She adopted everyone she ever knew. And then even as she became a widow and older in life, uh, she took in foreign exchange students mm. and made their prom dresses. Mm. And mm. It just, she's just extremely loving, a huge hearted, loving, loving person. Yeah. What did you, you think of Marcus? Mine was Chuck Gross <clears throat> oh, and still is. I, his impact even you know, a year and a half after he passed. So, you know, he, to me, every interaction that he had with people was always about them. Mm. Um, He coined the phrase that we use a lot back in the care center. There's a time to give and a time to receive. And that was created because people would come Mm. to the care center and feel really bad that they were for the first time needing help. And he even created a way to how it's like, you know, everybody has a time in their life to either give or receive. And right now it's your time to receive. And soon, you know, things will change and you'll find yourself on the opposite end to be able to give. And so mm-hmm. I also think of, you know, all the care center is what it is because we have amazing volunteers like Chuck who suggest, have you ever thought of this? And every one of Chuck's emails of suggesting something, he would put at the end, the option no can be the answer. <laughs> like he would even, after he suggested something to you, his love of others and not wanting to make sure he wasn't stepping into something, yeah. he would say, you know, if you select no, that could be, that is, that's all right. It's <laughs> yeah. okay to select no on yeah. this, you know, but that's he cool. just loved others and it was always about the other person. I think the other thing he always did back there is he always wanted to know somebody's story mm. and the, the impact that that had, because what that communicated to the person was they had such value and such um, importance that somebody would actually want to know about them. Mm. And so he's, he came to mind real quick. Sure. When you ask that yeah. question. So, yeah. And I, I talked about my, my grandfather, my maternal grandfather in, in the Your message. Granddad. Granddaddy. Granddad, granddaddy. <laughs> yep. Uh, he, he's probably the first one that comes to mind. I could probably go on and on about so many of my dear friends and mentors and people around the world that I've just been so touched by. But yeah, they're the, for him, for granddaddy specifically, as I mentioned, he's just over the top ridiculous. I'll share here. Cause I doubt they listen to the podcast and I know he'd probably be embarrassed by this, but we have a family, some of the lore of granddaddy and the family is that at one point we were down in Florida visiting with him and he, we were out to grab a bite to eat somewhere. And again, he's so frugal and so not wanting to impose or anything. We, we forgot to get a drink. We're like, well, can we get you a drink? What, what do you want to drink? And he's like, no, not, not, I don't want anything. We're like, no, really? We'll get you just want water. We'll get you water. It's free. It's not going to cost anything. He's like, there's enough water in the vegetables. <laughs> That's what he said. We're like, all right, granddad. All right. All right. Anyway. So did he reach out to you since Sunday? Uh-uh. No. Okay. No. I didn't know if he heard or responded. So now he, he's, he and his, uh, my 
step-grandmother, Elaine, uh, are faithful viewers. They're always watching. Um, we text back and forth, but yeah, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't heard what he thought about it. <laughs> yeah. He's nice. probably embarrassed and probably like mortified that I would even mention him in a positive light. <laughs> so, so why do you think it's so rare to find somebody who is so others focused? Why is it such a notable thing? You know, and, and even as I tried to rack my brain over who's the most selfless person I know, unfortunately about 50 selfish people came to mind before I could weed through (laughs) and get to the, right. Okay. No, not not really them. Yeah. Before I could weed it down to, to Wardell and my grandma. Why, why is it such a rare thing? Yeah. Well, I mean, I mentioned it in the message. I, I think part of it's our culture. Part of it's just human nature. We are by nature, we are looking out for number one. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, I mean, it wasn't as if other cultures like in Paul's day, there were still very selfish people. That's kind of how it worked. It just looked a little different, but I would say in our American suburban culture, we are uniquely, uh, we, we're at a unique disadvantage for selflessness because so much of the way that we're raised and the things that we hear in our media, are you going to tell, you've got to tell what you shared at least. You don't have to, but oh my, oh my gosh, it's like a perfect example. <laughs> it's nothing about you, Marin. It's just okay. funny. Cause it's like, this is the kind of thing. This is it. This that's is just exactly totally normal is. in our culture. Go ahead. Yeah. So I, I said, I didn't really ask for anything. I asked for nothing for Christmas mm-hmm. this year. So it was anyone's game. <laughs> what Jed was going to come up with when Marin asks for nothing. I got this jean jacket no, here. Very nice. It's warm. It's cozy. And he got me, you know, Christmas is hard. I, I did a lot. I came home tired and sore. I came home with my eye red like the sun. I wasn't going to say anything, but <laughs> I thought it was going to come out. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I was a mess. And so yeah. he, he got me uh, like a spa package and I've, I've had one facial in my life. Mm-hmm. So this was number two. He got me a facial and a massage. Wow. And so I, I went to see this lady yesterday, went to her, her little spa place right there in Fisher's. And I said, do you like have packages or something? Cause I'm thinking my daughter might like something like this. And she's like, yeah, that's what your husband got you. He got you the, it's all about me package. Yes. <laughs> and I almost jumped off the table. He got me what? Yeah, it's not it's, about it's me. the all about me. It's of all, all of about all months, me. right? Yes. Of all months to have that package. <laughs> the guilt. The day after. Oh my gosh. The raging guilt. Oh, yeah. Nice. But the, but the idea is like, <laughs> like we get why they would name the package that. Cause it's like self indul It's like indulgence. It's like, I'm going to get, mm-hmm. I'm going to get a massage. It is about me. But like, that's a phrase mm-hmm. that actually yeah. makes sense to us. It is about me. And yeah. especially now I feel like people are so, um, I think when there's rising anxiety in the culture and the time, it's like, it's natural for us to withdraw into ourselves, put up boundaries and say, uh, it's, it, it's about me. What matters is my well-being. And I've seen a couple different people, not that I'm friends with, but like extended, like people have shared this with me, friends of friends who they're like, they posted on Instagram, like this year I'm done worried about other people's problems. This it's time for me to look out for myself. Yes. I'm going to worry about myself mm. and, and I'm going to make sure I'm taken care of. And like, yes. we all look at that and not all of us, but often it's like, yeah, finally, good. You need to care for yourself. Look, do a little you time. Like you go girl. Sure. <laughs> and so I'm not, I'm not trying to say that that's all necessarily bad. Of course, you got to self-care is important and looking out for mm-hmm. your mental health is important. All those things. So um, don't hear me say that again. I'm not suggesting, as I mentioned in the message, I don't think the answer is that we're all supposed to just be doormats that never care for our own right. issues. But I also think it's easy to, if we're not thinking 
critically about mm-hmm. what we're being fed from our culture, it's easy to assume that the mm-hmm. most important thing in our lives is our own personal advancement, well-being, comfort, satisfaction, whatever. Let me read you a quote because I, I looked something up today. I thought I thought I remembered hearing something about like the year of self. Mm. And so the first thing that came up was something on YouTube. And this was the quote, let's make this. Oh, by the way, January 7, mm-hmm. 2020. Dun, dun, dun. This is when this quote happened. January mm. 7, 2020. Oh, oh, 2020 before, right before like the, the world started on fire. Oh, right. Yeah. Let's make this the year of self. Self-discipline, self-awareness, self-respect, self-development and self-love. Right. Sounds great. Yeah. It's all about you. <laughs> January 7, 2020. How'd that work out? (laughs) (laughs) But it's what makes Philippians so provocative here and so countercultural here. And I think it's important for us as we are inundated with messages like this one to explain what we mean when we say, you know, esteeming others as better than yourself. Like you Mm -hmm. said, um, we're not, we're not to be doormats, I guess, but we are called as followers of Christ to be selfless. And as I re-listened to your message today, my question was why? Because mm. I think that there are other religions worldwide that might emphasize, you know, uh, sure. emptying of self, yes. even a, a, a lifting up of others. But, but why specifically within Christianity are we called to be selfless? Because I don't think we're called to be selfless for, for, for selflessness sake. Right. I have known some people um, in my life who, who may have even made selflessness an idol. Sure. You know, sure. Um, extreme minimalists who were very, very, very proud of their selflessness. Yes. yes. Right. And I don't think that that's what we're called to in, in, in light of Christ and being more like him and having the mind of Christ. So why would he call us as his followers to be selfless? Yeah. Well, I, I tried to touch on this, and again, all bets are off when I'm preaching with no notes, but I wanted to make clear that the context of Paul talking about all of this in Philippians, at least, is this, this um, concept of being a citizen of heaven. And in, in Philippi, as I mentioned, it's a Roman colony and it was a big deal to live and act and, and behave like a good Roman citizen. And so if you were growing up in Philippi, you would have been in your schooling or your education, you would have been taught what it means to be a Roman citizen, honor and virtue and, you know, all, whatever the values that all the, the Caesars went on and on about and like Marcus Aurelius doing all of his little treatises about, uh, whatever. So that was like a normal thing talking about what are the virtues of a, of a, of a citizen of Rome. And Paul is saying, basically speaking in the same language as that, what are the virtues of a citizen of heaven? Mm. He's using that same framework, that same concept to say, if you are going to be in this family, if you're going to be in this kingdom of God, like, what does it look like? What are the, what do great citizens of heaven look like? And the greatest citizen of heaven is Jesus himself. Mm. So if he is the perfect exemplar of, of citizenship in God's kingdom, uh, we should be representing that if for no other reason than because it is the standard by which we measure ourselves. But I would say in the context of this letter and also in all the other areas of selflessness, it is so <clears throat> integrally linked with the, the love of God and the way that God's love even works in general that the, and the love of God is the reason why 
there is the gospel, the good news, like the message of Jesus is, is flowing out of love. And that love has to be on display for our world to hear it and understand and believe. And if they believe they'll find life and, and eternal life. And so it, to me, it's this cause and effect where if we are representing the message of love, the message of the gospel, but, but our lives don't reflect the values of the, the God that we follow, then that message is, is going to fall on deaf ears. And so for me, I see it as integrally linked with our testimony to use the, mm-hmm. the, the churchy phrase, it, our, the words that we speak, if they're not backed up by the love that mm-hmm. we show, then, then they're, they're empty and they're hollow. And so to me, the why is because our world is broken and people need the love of Jesus and they need to understand what life could be for them and what they, what is in store for them, but they're not going to understand it. If the way that we are living looks like, like looks like a kingdom that no one would want to be a part of. Mm. That's kind of how I look at it. So I, I think the stakes are really high. And I said something in my message and I, I, I was talking <clears throat> afterwards with somebody who was like, I can't believe you just, did you, did you write that before? And I was like, no, I just, it just flew, flew out of my mouth. But I said, the, the love of Jesus is irresistible, but it has to be on display. We are the light of the world. Mm-hmm. And this is a part of what it looks like to shine. That's you what said I said that right at the very, mm-hmm. very end. And I'm like, I don't remember saying that I was in a trance or something when yep. that, <laughs> but anyway, but I think I believe it and I think it's true. So I don't know if you guys agree with that, but yeah. And I think you touched on something else. I think it's possible. Like I said, I've known some people who, who took pride in their selflessness. Yeah. And it, I don't, I, I didn't see a reflection of Christ as much as I saw mm-hmm. just a, a different way of being mm-hmm. puffed up, but like yeah. puffed up because you think you're so humble, you know, right. you know yeah. or you think totally. you can be selfless without love. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. But if, if, if your motivation for being others centric and less self-focused is love, that's what reflects Christ. That's what reflects his love to our world. Yeah. And I, I, I want to, again, I want to reiterate that the extravagance of this love, the thing that makes it so extreme and so crazy, and the thing that I think makes it so attractive is that it goes far beyond just like equality. And, and Paul calls it out by saying like, consider others as better than yourselves, or like mm-hmm. consider them as having higher esteem or value than yourself. That That's different than just saying, just treat everybody the same, mm. right? Uh, you know, cause th- like most of the time when we say like, can't we all just get along? I saw you posted that about, you know, <laughs> Boomer. <laughs> I was wearing my bulls Jersey and I was hugging Boomer, yeah. the Pacers mascot. <laughs> yeah. But like, that's like, can we all just be equal? And and that's not what we're being called to. Mm-hmm. We're, we're being called this to lowering ourselves a race to the bottom as I talk about. And mm-hmm. so, and I believe if we were to do that, that's where that love really begins. The love of, of Christ is on display mm-hmm. because his love, led him to such deep humiliation for our sake, such deep setting himself aside for our sake that, that it, it's what truly transform us. And of course it's the reason why in his kingdom, that's why he's elevated because he is the one who both, who lowered himself so extreme and to such an extreme degree. Uh, it's why he is the son of man from Daniel seven, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you wrap your <clears throat> message up by bringing it home and kind of bringing it to a practical place. Like you often do. You said, what does it look like for us to give up our privileges, essentially? What are we clinging to? Yeah. What are we grasping? And then you you gave us three things to think about. Maybe we're clinging to our reputation. Mm. We don't want anyone to, to think less of us. Um, 
maybe we're clinging to our resources yeah. and, and hoarding things to ourselves, our time, our talent, our money, our energy, our skill. Um, and maybe we're, we're clinging to our pride, but you mm. kind of turned that around again to, to use your Chuck Gross reference. There's yes. a time to give and a time to receive. And maybe you are in a, in a season where you, you need help and you need to be able to receive, but your pride is keeping you right. from receiving help. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that there are, that there are plenty more, but totally. I, I appreciate that you give us at least three things to kind of mull over. And I think that most of us can find ourselves in, in one of those, yeah. those three things. Yeah. And the, I, I kind of <laughs> hinted, or I kind of mentioned this in the message, but I don't, this is such a all encompassing life transformation concept. I mean, self-giving love. I imagine that I will be working on mm. that until my deathbed. This is not something that I could give you five bullet points, go and do these things this week. And you've done it. You're self-giving love. I think this is part of like being shaped into the likeness of Christ. This is something we give ourselves to. And so I, I tried not to say, here's, here's the one and done thing you can do to be more selfless. I wanted to be like, let's just do some self-evaluation as we start this year. Um, so yeah, that, that idea of clinging to mm-hmm. what are we clinging to? Cause, cause I mean, Christ was God himself, but he didn't cling to that divinity. Right. 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 So I was thinking if this is the year of selflessness, yeah. that maybe this could just get wrapped up in a year. Like I'll be selfless by December 31st, 2022. Wow. And then next year can be the year of something else. Yeah. It could be. I, what I like, I, I talked about that YouTuber CCP gray and his concept of themes versus resolutions. Um, I'll, I'll elaborate on it here more. Cause I don't know if you guys have, have heard this before other than from me, but there was one person in the congregation who had heard yes. of was one person. Cause I thought it was nobody. I think it was drew. Okay. Yeah, of course. Drew. <laughs> yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Drew. I totally get that. Anyway, this concept is rather than like using a resolutions and I use the example of reading. That's what he uses as an example, rather than saying this year, I'm going to read 20 books. Uh, you're only going to fail. There's no, like, mm-hmm. there's no way that, or you set it so low that like, I'm going to read one book, but that's probably also going to fail. Cause you set your sights too. like it, rather than trying to quantify it. If you say, this is the spring of reading or the summer of reading, then <clears throat> any reading you're doing is helping to shape you into something more like what you'd like to be or more like who you want to be. And so I, I think it's a really interesting concept hmm. and you could have a summer, the spring of reading every year. You could do it. You could have a different theme for each, each year, each, and it doesn't mean that the next year you're not reading anymore. It just means that you're slowly moving towards. And I've actually experienced this where recently I felt like, you know what? I need to get back into reading. Cause I used to love Mm-hmm. reading, I would read six or seven books at a time, just random. I'd read a science book and a theology book and I just love it and ha- happier than a, a pig in mud, which <laughs> I now understand. Um, and, and, but, but recent, but I got out of the habit of reading and I've tried to like force myself, like I'm going to read every day and that hasn't worked. What, it, what has worked though, is to kind of think of it in terms of like, all right, this is going to be a season of reading for me. And so I'll keep using that example, but I think the same thing is true for selflessness. If we say we're going to, we're going to grow seven selflessness meters or whatever the mm-hmm. metric is like, I don't think we're going to succeed. I don't think mm-hmm. we're going to have the stamina. We're going to enter the long, cold stretch of bleakest winter. And, and I don't think we're going to come out of that more selfless. But if we say, you know what, this year I want to keep, I want to, I want this to be in front of me. I want to be thinking about this. I, I need little constant reminders. I want to be taking some small steps to be more of who I want to be, then I think that's the kind of stuff that can actually shape us. And and maybe it does change 
our, some yeah. of our rhythms or some of our defaults over time, but I don't know. It's worth a shot, right? Yeah. Well, and we're, go ahead. No, go for it. No, Marcus, it's all about you. I just, it's all, it's not about me. I just, we get to see it back in the care center and we get to see it as people volunteer. Yeah. And I just think, I mean, people come in the door to volunteer all areas of the church at different levels. Some still come in with clenched fist and say, okay, I'm going to volunteer, but I'd like to, to do it my way. Mm. Or I'd like it to be like this. And the more you volunteer, the more you let go of your fist and you become mm. palms up. It, I've seen it in Grace Kids. I've seen it in worship. I've seen it in the care center. More and more, you then get to experience that selflessness because yeah. you're doing it for others. Mm-hmm. And even if you came in with an agenda, God will change you as you become palms up and you serve. And so I just, I've seen that happen so much back in the care center. And just think of those volunteers who are serving week in and week out. It's just, it's the training ground of becoming more and more selfless and letting go of those things of the world, letting go of your schedule, letting go of some of those talents and treasures that you're hoarding and holding on to. Mm. And you just get to kind of experience God and what he truly meant for you. So do you think, do you think that happens purely because of the, the environment of like, I'm serving other people. And so my selflessness like inevitably kind of washes away or is it, is it because you're working side by side with other people who may or may not be more selfless than you? Like what is it? Or is it both? I think the first one gets people in the door on why they come in and maybe volunteer back in the care center. Sure. But I believe the second one is true. I have, I won't say the person's name because I know they're probably a listener too, but Mm. I remember when she first came in, she agreed to be a bagger at a certain register. Yeah. So much so that she came in late, like a month two. She did it every week, but she came in late. And so somebody else was assigned. She walked up to that person and said, you need to go talk to the coach because you're in my spot. Wow. And so yeah. it, was, it was all about her. She's now one of our leaders. Mm. And I watched the people around her as they served and loved on others. I watched her be served and loved on at the same time that it just mm. completely changed her whole life. Mm. Wow. And so it just, I think it's more the other. You're in an environment and seeing it worship. I mean, I think part of what was so nice about Christmas Eve, I know we're not going backwards, but Christmas Eve was you had all of these volunteers mm. who are so dedicated, palms up, experiencing mm. God in a new way that is just, it's about others. They provided that experience to all of us. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. We had a, we had an army of, of yeah. volunteers, particularly production volunteers. It, it took an army to pull that service off. And when you are loving God in that way, you have people walk up like Daniela said, I, I have to do this. Yeah. Yeah. I just have to do this. Yeah. And are then so moved through an experience that walks you right into the center, mm. you know, <laughs> yeah. and it in, gets experienced that. In your sparkly pants. Yeah. And we, if you think about the volunteers here at this church, you'll see it. You'll see it in the door greeters. You'll see it in Grace Kids and Merge and mm. People who give up hours upon hours of their life that they could be doing something else mm. every week to serve, and they get to see and experience that selflessness. Mm. That's interesting. So. I, I'm I'm intrigued by this concept of of the the doing transforming the being. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we tend to think like the doing flows out of the being, and so let me go work on my being first. Like let me go mm-hmm. work on the kind of person I am, and then I'll go do the things. But yep. I, I agree. I've seen that. I've seen it happen in me. I've seen it happen in a lot of ways where when people take that step and start getting in the game. Suddenly they find themselves being transformed into the kinds of people that are more like who they want to be in the first place, but it happened through the action through the engagement and then the transformation happened. I think that's, that's totally true. Um, Yeah. And I also think the person who needs to receive, we need you. Mm. If there was nobody coming to the care center to receive, no one could give and nobody could have that life change. Mm. 
And so if you are in a place of receiving, let go of that pride mm. and mm. come in and let your church help you and know that you're changing people's lives on the other side that are experiencing this while they walk right alongside. Wow. It's not you. It's not us and them. It's all of us together. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, he says, he says, be of one mind, like have the same, don't be selfish, have one mind, work together with, and that same mind is, as yep. Christ. And that's only possible if each one of us is willing to come to the table where we are. Yep. And yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go Guys, work this, on it. this is only week one. <laughs> yeah. I, I, for me, this is, it's, it's going to be, I think a lot for me to, to digest as we head into the next, I think there's four weeks left in, mm-hmm. in this four series. Four more weeks. Yeah. Four yeah. more weeks yeah. left in this series. It's not <clears throat> about me. You said um, at one point, Barry, that you believe that biblical selflessness, mm. biblical selflessness may be the key to closing the credibility gap. Yeah. And I got hung up on that phrase, biblical selflessness, because I think that you can have a form of selflessness. Yes. That is not biblical. So what is biblical? (laughs) Selfishlessness. Selflessness. Right. What, what is it? And I, I think I'm, I keep coming back to loving the Lord, your God with all your heart, which is why I was so struck when you said that you have to love you. It's, it's not enough to just be selfish, selfless. It comes from a place of love. Mm. If the first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord, your God Mm -hmm. with all your heart. And the second commandment to that is love your neighbor as yourself. I think myself included people like me can get caught up in the loving the neighbor part Mm. Mm -hmm. and neglect the love the Lord, your God with all your heart part, because you're so busy pouring into and loving the neighbors Mm -hmm. and doing and doing and doing the things. But if, if you neglect the loving the Lord, your God, um, you can start to be selfless, but from a hollow place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to do that. So as I ponder my year of selflessness, I want to grow in my knowledge and understanding of what true biblical selflessness looks like, sure. as opposed to, you know, any other mantra of, of, of selflessness that might be out there in secular culture. Yeah. In a few weeks, I'll be talking about, um, one of the topics is loving your enemies. Again, I'm bringing that back up. Sorry, everyone, but it's, it's part of this series. It has to be. But one of the things I'm, I'm talking about in that series is that part of how we learn to love our enemies and be the kinds of people that love our enemies is by truly learning about the love of God for us. And, and dwelling on that love is what helps to shape our own, our own love and our own understanding of the world. So I totally agree with you, Marin. We've we have to focus to, to focus well in loving our neighbor. We have to focus well on loving God and understanding his love for us. Mm-hmm. That's part of this transformation. So that's good. All right. Well, All right. Where do we go from here? Well, uh, this coming week, Tim Ayers is preaching nice. and he's going to be talking. We're, we're now going to kind of get into some of the practical implications of this. And, and we're going to start with if we're, if it's not about me, uh, well then what, what is it about? I mean, I know technically we said it's about Christ, but if it's not about me. What is it? And, and we're going to start by just looking at a, a Psalm actually that talks about um, how choosing to set aside our own agendas and our own life plans and putting them in the hands of God and saying, okay, it's about what you have in store for me. What is that? So that's where he's going. And I'm not exactly sure where he'll go with the message, but I'm sure it's going to be great. So, and Marin, you're planning, I won't be here next week, but you're planning on trying to make it happen. I, I, I think so. I need to talk nice. to Tim. <laughs> but yeah, I think I, I was afraid of like not knowing how to work the thing you're sitting in front of the thing that looks Are like you a, that me? thing, the yeah. mixing board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as long as I have somebody that knows what they're doing there, 
I, I might be able to pull it off. Don't act like you're a big shot. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Oh. oh, goodness gracious. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, Marcus. It's my pleasure. I, I have to ask you before okay. we go, I know how you feel about like public speaking. Mm-hmm. Is potting better is or worse? Yeah, no, is, is this, this is easier? Yeah. You, you, seem more, you seem very natural in yourself right now. Well, so. Yeah. It's a good, good. You should be on all the time. We should start a care center podcast. You have good insights, Marcus. <laughs> yeah, you do. You have the whole time. I'm thinking what I hope that they're not going to catch something I say that goes on a button <laughs> over there that gets hit afterwards. So how dare you? Exactly. <laughs> do you have to get permission to be able to use that over there to become a button? You have I to have ask? I in oh, to I become so. a button. To I think a I've I been think potting so. for nearly five years, and I've never once got to be the one who presses the buttons. Oh, Ooh. guys! <laughs> next week, Marin Marin is on the board. Gird your loins. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's gonna be good. I can't wait. Oh my goodness! All right, so that's what's coming up, Marin. Will you please send us out? I sure will. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. We'll see you on the other side of Sundays. I guess it'd be the other side of Sunday. It's <laughs> not like just, a plural. Was, did you stop recording? I didn't right now. Okay.